three. We're starting off John three. Um, this is one with Nicodemus. Um, I think uh, the chosen. If anybody's watching that or familiar with that, they actually. I think they did a good job portraying this and showing this, like the whole scene, how it happened, and um, Nicodemus coming coming by by night. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of secrecy to it. Um, the the whole idea that Nicodemus, I mean, he he knew the Old Testament, he knew the scriptures. Well, not the Old Testament at the time, but um, he knew the scriptures. <coughs> he knew the signs that would have been pointing to Jesus. And uh, because of that, he was, I think, ready, more ready to see it as a possibility than, than some of the other Pharisees were. Um, but uh, yeah, any anybody else have anything they want to throw in before we get started in this? Are we ready to just jump in? All right, let's go. So, John 3, uh, verse 1. Now there's a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. No one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? All right, let's stop there. Um, before, yeah, because next is water and spirit. So um, <clears throat> I think uh, I like that we see even Nicodemus, who was a, I mean, a very, very high up Pharisee, very knowledgeable. Um, I think this does a good job of showing how what is in the New Testament and Jesus, um, everything that's there was, the concepts are very different than what the Jewish people were expecting. Um, you know, even, and a lot of this kind of comes down to more more tradition than scripture, but they were expecting a, a warrior Jesus. Um, he was going to come in, he was going to overthrow the Roman rule. Um, <clears throat> and if you actually look at uh, a lot of the Old Testament stuff, like, like I said, a lot of them thinking that was more tradition than actual scripture. If you just stick to the scripture, you see that it does point perfectly to uh, Jesus and what he actually did when he came. But I think that Jesus talks about being born again. I think it's fitting for the uh, Pharisees and the Jewish people today that Nicodemus automatically goes to a naturalistic idea of what Jesus is talking about versus any type of a spiritual concept. Um, but you got anything else? I mean, I think just breaking down the scripture is important to note, which you already kind of said in the beginning, but I'm not sure if you said that on here or just in us talking. Um, that Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews, meaning that he had like this prestige about him and people knew that he was part of them. Um, and so 
even if people didn't necessarily agree, he's going to receive like a, a sort of honor wherever he goes. And he chose to come by night um, because of fear. And so the just an important thing to note for those who don't, that doesn't like stand out to. Um, and then where he says like, we know you're a teacher come from God for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. I feel like that part alone goes to show you how focused on religion they were, that they were so blinded by the tradition and rules and everything that even though they knew he was doing things of God, they refused to allow themselves to even um, entertain the thought that he could be the Messiah because they were so consumed with man. I mean, they were so consumed with what man had made, the rules and traditions that, of course, they came from scripture, but it was very much like they couldn't look past what man expected of them in order to see like Jesus was doing these things that they knew were from God, but they just couldn't accept them. Um, I think how you're talking about how Nicodemus came in the night. Um, I think that's, it's also interesting to note that Jesus still like met with him in his fear and still like he's, it reminds me of like doubting Thomas or we call him doubting Thomas, how Thomas doubted and was like, well, let me feel the whole, holes in your hands you just didn't was like no you just have to believe he's like here you can feel them and so like he meets us even in those like doubting and fear um I think that's very interesting um and then are we getting into like what does born again mean or not you can't go ahead jump into it get it girl okay um <laughs> so I like to think of things in like uh ways that like you know if you're explaining it to a three-year-old they can understand it because that's how I understand it. And uh, so when I think of being born again, how like when we're birthed from the womb, like we have literally nothing to do with it. We do not choose to be created, nor do we choose um, to be pushed out of our mother's womb. And in the same way, we have nothing to do with our uh, like born again status, as in like we cannot make ourselves holy or get us into the kingdom by ourselves, but like that's what it means to be born again. It means receiving uh, the Lord and being uh, and allowing him to make us holy, if that makes sense. That's how I understand that. I don't know if anyone else thought of it like that, but. I would agree on that. Um, also, the, just to kind of add to it, um, just from giving birth before, um, like Novali, that's this baby's name. She won't be able to obviously make herself come out, but she gives that like she has to take some kind of action to let me know, hey, now it's time. Like I can't I can go in and like induce and say, OK, you're coming out now. But if I do that and she's not ready, then there's going to be issues that arise. And so in the same way, like, yes, God has to do the changing, but we have to take that step and like accept it. And so that's the important thing to note, too. Like we can't be born again unless we want to be like we want to take that action and say, OK, it's time. You have to do all of this work, but I'm giving you, like, I'm giving myself to you. Mm, that's a good word. There's a lot of uh, uh, pregnancy or birthing symbolism kind of throughout scripture, too. Um, obviously, I've never given birth, so I'm not aware of that process and what it feels like, but I'm not, I have not. I know it's Wait, a you have it? misconception. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, Nowadays it is. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but no, I have not given birth. Um, 
but uh, something else too to kind of throw out there. <clears throat> I think it's, um, and I saw this uh, in my uh, footnotes here in my uh, study Bible, but there is a symbolic element to the fact that Nicodemus is coming at night, talking, kind of referring to the spiritual uh, deadness. I don't, that's not the right word. I don't think that is a word, but um, the, the fact that the Jewish people were spiritually dead, um, that uh, <clears throat> they were, uh, I mean, always, but especially then they were in need of a savior. They were in need of the Messiah. Um, to give them that life again. And uh, yeah, no, I thought that was a, a good point to bring up. Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, so like, this is like probably one of my favorite parts of scripture. Like John chapter three, specifically like five, well, verse one through like eight. But uh, the reason being, cause like when I was saved, um, I had read this, like, I don't know how, I think probably a month after being saved or something like that. And I was just like, whoa, like, that's what happened to me. So, like, and so, like, I just latched that and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, yes, like, we need to be born again, right? And so, and when I read it, um, I feel like it's, like, so I think of, like, Romans uh, 3.23, which says all of sin and falling short of the glory of God, right? And then, Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. And then obviously we know what the rest of it says. But um, so like the the reason that we need to be born again is because sinners are like already dead spiritually. So like every single human that's walking around that's not in Christ is like spiritually dead. They're like walking zombies, you know, they just they're dead inside, but they're just, you know, um, and so you need to. I feel like Jesus is saying here, like, you are spiritually dead and you need to come back to life. You need to have a second birth, essentially. Um, and that's only through faith in Christ. Um, and so, like, when we're born, we're, we're born into sin because of, that, like, original sin. So um, our first birth, we share in Adam's, like, his, like, corruption. And that makes us, like, children of wrath and essentially children of evil and, like, of the devil, which is why we need to become children of God. Like, you can't enter the kingdom of God without being a child of God, and all sinners are children of, of the devil, essentially. So that's why we need to have a rebirth. So that's why Jesus is saying, you need to be born again. Like, your heart needs to change. You need to live for me. Um, and even earlier in John chapter 1, uh, verse 12, it says, and to all who believed and received him, he gave the right to become children of God. So kind of like what Aubrey was saying, like, he gives us that right, but also it's to all who believed and, and received him. So like, you have a choice to, to receive Christ and to believe in him. Belief is a choice 1000%. But also, he's the one who gives us the right to become that child in the first place. It's like, um, it's it's in Romans 2 I don't remember the exact verse I think it's Romans 5 maybe 6 um, but it talks about uh, uh, through one man 
all are condemned or through one man sin into the world and then uh through one man we all have eternal life um and that's what jesus was was the <clears throat> the the second adam the one that actually could fulfill the requirement that was needed um in order for everyone to partake of that uh but no that's good i like that and uh it's kind of i was gonna say like someone might think it's a little harsh for me to say that like you're a child of the devil if you don't if you don't believe in jesus but like it's scriptural and yeah exactly so um in first john chapter three it says that anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of god or by this the children of god and the children of the devil are obvious and then anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of god so meaning you are of the devil yeah i mean you're either you're serving one of two masters um there is no middle of the road there is no gray area there is no you know i didn't know what i was doing like so this is this is something it's it's come up uh maybe it's a little bit off topic but i think it's going with the conversation but um something that's come up recently in conversation i've been having with um our uh, associate pastor <clears throat> we've been talking about like uh, science and how science points to god and that whole whole idea whole concept you know so going into the the idea that you know there is no excuse um, no man has excuse. It says that nature testifies to the existence of God. And, uh, one thing that I thought was, I brought up, um, I don't know if I'm going to guess neither one of you are familiar with him. Tiffany probably is just because she's heard me talk about him, but there is a, uh, he's, he's an atheist or <clears throat> I saw something recently about him. I need to look into it a little bit more to see what actually is going on. He was a very outspoken atheist and he is a microbiologist, I believe. But um, I saw something recently about, he either said that he thinks intelligent design is true or he thinks it's possible or something, but his, his tone is lightened either way. But, so he is a, like I said, microbiologist. Um, he has a book called The Blind Watchmaker. And at the beginning of the book, he talks about microbiology and he has a quote that says microbiology, I'm paraphrasing, but microbiology is the study of things that give the appearance of being created for a purpose. So the whole idea of science, you're supposed to go in, you're supposed to look at what's there, you're supposed to evaluate it and then make a decision based solely on what you see and not your preconceived ideas and bias. He is straight up saying that these microorganisms I'm looking at are giving the appearance of being designed specifically for a purpose. But my bias says that that can't be the case. So that and that <laughs> the whole idea, you know, that like reading or hearing that, um, I used to, I used to think about that whole idea that, you know, no man is with excuse, like, okay, well, you know, what if people really didn't have the opportunity to know about God or they, the, the missionary never came to them or something like that. But then looking around at nature and the more I've looked into like how science actually does back up the Bible, how science does actually point to God. Um, 
there have been times throughout history where science and the Bible have been in contradiction with each other. Um, every single time that has happened, science has been proven wrong. And it's ended up with the Bible saying it's right. Every single time. Not once has it come out where science has actually completely disproved the Bible or even like one point of the Bible. Um, so knowing that, it kind of uh, changes my view on that, that like, like the Bible is, is correct that no one has an excuse because even looking at everything around us, um, I mean, it testifies to the existence of a God, at least, um, and, you know, God says that if you seek him, he will draw close to you. So I, I think it, you know, backs up that whole idea, but that was a little off topic. Anyways, um, <laughs> You guys have uh, anything else you want to say before we go back into six? Um, I was going to say real quick, I just thought of this, but like when I'm like evangelizing or something and like the person tells me that they're already a Christian, I always ask them, well, have you been born again? Because um, obviously it says right here, like you will not, uh, you cannot see the kingdom of God if you're not born again. Um, and a lot of time, more often than not, they say, what does that mean? <laughs> and, um, I don't know, I feel like, I don't know, that's just always something I ask when I go out and evangelize because, like, you're actually not a Christian if you're not born again. Like, to be born again means that you're, you're born into, again, but you're born a child of God. You're born into God's family. You're adopted into his family. And, like, when that happens... Uh, you will like bear fruit because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you know? So I feel like when I see, like, especially when I was in college, I, a lot of people that were in my classes or on my team claimed to be Christians, but there was no, no fruit. And, um, you know, one, one could, uh, if there's no evidence of fruit, you know, one could uh, come to a conclusion, you know what I mean? Uh, and so, yeah, I always think, like, that's why I love this this uh, part of Scripture, because a lot of people, I feel like, don't know that they need to be born again, that if they just, like, believe, right, believe and and go to church and stuff, then, that, like, that makes them a Christian. But really, what makes you a true Christian is that you're born again and, and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, so. So that, that kind of cut straight to um just to say this real quick and i'll let you jump in tiffany um but i think that's good because if you're evangelizing someone and you you ask them if they're a christian they say yes um there's a lot of social christians um that are in title only and so asking that question cuts straight to that idea where it's someone that you can't really you don't have really have an opportunity to see their fruit um, to see if, if it's actually there to know if, okay, yeah, they are actually a, a follower of Christ. And so asking that question really cuts directly to that and lets you, lets you get at the, the, the bigger picture. All right. Also, um, the depth of that question, like being born again, instead of just, are you a Christian also opens the door for like sanctification because in today's society, especially there are so many Christians who are like hyper grace kind of identity focused um, and that like, you know, well, I believe. And so 
I'm saved and Jesus calls me righteous and I'm going to live however I want because God already declared me righteous. But like the act of being born again, not just professing to be a Christian, but actually living it out. Um, when you ask him, like, are you born again? It just, there's just so much more depth in that because it is a process of like renewing. Like, and I mean, I'm going a little ahead, but the next verse, when Jesus says, uh, unless, um, unless one is born of spirit and water, he cannot. Seven is actually where I'm. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so it's making the like note that there are two different things. And like in order for you to become part of Jesus, you have to be born of the spirit. And so I feel like that's the perfect question to ask, especially in today's, because so many people have misconstrued what it means to actually live a Christian life, live for Jesus. They just want, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. I'm good. Like that's not, first off, you're missing out on so much more that the Lord has to offer, but also like, that's not how it was intended to be. Now, also, uh, when uh, I th- when Jesus replies to Nicodemus and tells him, you know, unless you're born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Uh, he literally cuts straight at like Nicodemus is thinking that all of Israel and their uh, uh, race or genetics whatever, is what saves them. And he's like, no, that's actually not what saves you. No, like race or gender or. Uh, I mean, title that, you know, people think they call themselves Christians. That's what saves them. Like he cuts straight at that and is like, no, it's actually, if you're born of, of me. Um, and, uh, and then when we were talking about how uh, it's uh, Jesus that makes us born again, but we also have like a choice in it. It makes me think of, uh, I was reading, uh, rereading the Jesus book with a Bible study that uh, I'm doing here. And um, Pastor Michael says something uh, really uh, like thought provoking in it. And uh, he says, he talks about how oftentimes, you know, we say, okay, so ask Jesus into your heart, but Jesus is Jesus. He's our seeker. He seeks us out. And so it's really not us asking him into our heart, but it's us accepting it. So he's birthing us and he wants to, but we have to allow him to on our part and just say yes. And that's all he requires of that. 